All right, so I am, I am really excited for 2020. And I usually don't get like super hyped on the new year. Um, something about 2020 is, uh, feels unique. Um, it's, you know, it's a round number, so like round numbers are always cool. Like the year 2000, it seems like it was yesterday. Um, kind of a lot of anticipation going into that year. Um, it's a new decade. We're going into the Roaring Twenties, which is super fun. Mine kind of started, I called it the Snoring Twenties. Um, but uh, yeah, new, a new decade that we're moving into. It's an election year, so it's like, whoo, let's get our popcorn ready. Like election year, this is going to be fun. Um, it's also a leap year, and uh, in a leap year, if, if every day is a gift, um, we get an extra day this year. So that's, that's exciting, an extra day to spend with family, an extra day to spend with friends, um, an extra day to, to spend with, with God. And, uh, and it's, it's also, I think, significant for us as a church. I think this is going to be a, a year that we take a leap as a church. And uh, for us uh, as a community, for us as families, for us individually, I, I have a lot of anticipation for this year and what God's doing in our midst, and uh, I wanted to share a little bit about that. So this is my uh, 2020 uh, sermon going into this year. Um, three phrases for you today, and uh, they, I, I want to answer this question is, why, why did we start Desert City? Why are we doing this? Why are we a part of, of this community? Marcy's laughing, like, what are we doing? I didn't think you'd laugh. It's like a serious question. Um, <laughs> uh, and you, you write something down on paper, and you have no idea how it's going like, to come across. But why are we a part? Why are we doing what we're doing? And uh, the first phrase that I have for you is that we are a part of something old. We're actually a part of something that is very old. Um, the, this, this story that we're a part of. And when you look into the gospel stories in the life of Jesus, uh, I want to say that the essential uh, call in the Great Commission is to do what we're doing here. The essential call in the Great Commission to, to, to plant churches, to start churches, to be a part of a church community, um, that the kingdom of God is manifested uh, in our city, is part of what Jesus calls us to do. In Matthew 28, it says this, And then Jesus came to them and he said, and this is, this is after he has risen from the dead. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. When Jesus... Uh, uh, is ready to ascend to heaven after he's risen from the dead. He's giving uh, this commission to his followers. He says, go and make disciples. Make disciples of, of everyone, of all nations. Let this explode from here and go out through all the earth. And a disciple is someone who follows Jesus. A disciple is someone who has surrendered their life to Jesus and said, Jesus, uh, who you are is the son of God, what you've done, this expression of love and grace and peace, this story of salvation. I want to be a part of that. And as I follow you, I become more like you. And as I become more like you, Jesus, I become more like the person you have created me to be. And there's an eternal value to my soul because of that. The, the, this call to discipleship that, that Jesus has. The, the call to discipleship, though, it, it's never just this personal call. When Jesus is saying, go and make disciples, discipleship always happens in the context of community. In the context of relationships with one another. And there's some elements to our faith that is individual, and formation does happen individually. 
But the emphasis is on community. How do we do life with others? And so these, these groups of disciples went out and they started to form these communities called churches. And they took this way of Jesus, this message of Jesus, the salvation, the gospel to the world. And it transformed the world. And Jesus, when he's telling his disciples what to do, he says, go and make disciples of all nations and teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. This essential call of Jesus is something that we're all a part of, to be a part of the church. This is this local expression of this old calling of making disciples, following the way of Jesus, trusting Jesus for life everlasting. And it's interesting when, when Jesus leaves, uh, we see the, the early church, uh, we, we, there's stories in the book of Acts. And what we find is that the apostle Paul, who wrote uh, much of the New Testament, his story is found in Acts, his essential strategy to get this message of Jesus out to the world was through starting churches. And we see that he goes to all these different cities. He goes to Ephesus. Uh, he goes over into to Europe, to Philippi. He goes to Corinth, um, eventually to Rome. He's gathering these, these Jesus followers together and discipling people in the way of Jesus and declaring a different kind of kingdom is here, a kingdom that has eternal implications for our soul. And this is his strategy is to, to start churches to, so, so, so what is happening here at Desert City is actually just something very old that we're a part of. It's been going on for thousands of years. It looks different in different communities and different countries, but this is this local expression of this very old calling that we are a part of. So we are a part of something old. Second phrase I have for you is that we are a part of something new. This sounds like a wedding, something old, something new. Like, we're a part of something of something new, something that's happening here in North Phoenix. And this is exciting for me, and I think we're, we are people who love the new. We love the new year, we love the new gadgets, we love, there's something fresh about something that is new um, that, that energizes. And uh, when we think about, even with Desert City, um, this is, we're, we're five years in, um, and so kind of like looking at like, you know, the narrative arc of the church over 2,000 years, we're really like babies, right? Like this is, this is a brand new expression of the body of Christ here in North Phoenix. Um, Marcy and I, uh, well, three things lined up when we started Desert City. One is that we, my wife and I knew that there was a, a community that needed a church. And when I grew up here in Phoenix. Um, this was all desert when I was a kid. Uh, there, was, there was nothing up here. Um, I had one of my best friends, his name is Tim Allen, not the tool man, just has a similar name. Um, he had, his grandpa lived in this, this retirement community called Pinnacle Peak West. Some of you have heard about that. Um, and we thought we'd go visit his grandpa. It was like going out to Egypt. We're like, where are we going? And uh, there was nothing here. It, it was, we, we watched this community kind of be built up. Pinnacle High School was built when I was a junior in high school. And um, we knew that there were no established churches kind of in this part of North Phoenix, and so there was a need. Um, we also had a community of people that, that wanted to be a part of it that said, we want to help get a church here. Um, and so there was a need, and there was a community willing to say, we, we want to be a part of starting something new here. And then there was a calling. Um, we just felt, like, compelled to do this. And I grew up, uh, my dad was a church planner. They met in a school forever. Um, you should go see the building they have now. It's like, whoo, that's where we're heading, right? Like, um, and uh, it, it's like I just fell in love with, with church planning. For me, church planning is inviting people to fall in love with Jesus in a brand new context. 
and uh, there's something there's something unique about that. I think um, those three three things lined up like a need, a community, and a calling, and we just said let's go for it. And, and one of the things I think that was was big for me um, when we think about like our part of the story of of the global historic church um, is that every church that you go to, it's like the old Warren Buffett thing. We're we're sitting under the shade of trees that other people have planted, right? There's there's something unique that, that we get to experience um, the work that other people have done. And, and many of you have been a part of established churches before. Those were eventually, or at one point, planted by people. And, and for me, when we considered like what we wanted to do kind of like as, as a pastor, um, I wanted to be a part of God doing something new kind of through us that would outlive us. So there was something about like uh, being a part of something that, that wasn't here we joined it, we, we helped it, we, we established it, and now it's, it's going to outlive us. I, th- I think there's a unique and sacred calling to be a part of any church community. I think there's something very unique about kind of a new church community. And over the last five years, we've just, it's been just a great ride, this wonderful ride of us getting to the place that we are now, this, this new expression of the body of Christ. We're a part of something that God is doing something new through us that will outlive us. We're planting something that will create shade and fruit for people in future generations. And this is, this, I think what's interesting about this is to be part of a startup. Uh, we do set up and tear down. We meet in a school. We don't have tons of programming. Um, we can't meet everyone's needs. To be a part of this requires some sense of sacrifice. To say, there's certain things I'm willing to sacrifice so we can help establish this new expression of the body of Christ here in Phoenix. And we're a part of this new work. This, we're we're co-founders of this new expression of the body of Christ. There's something sacred about that. So we're part of something old. We're part of something new. And we're part of something blue. Just kidding. It's not blue. Um, we're part of something more. We're part of something more. This is an expression of the body of Christ here. But we're connected to something much bigger than just what's happening here. And, and that plays out in a couple of ways. One is that uh, we don't really talk about this a lot because we kind of operate as a non-denominational church. We're affiliated with this uh, movement called the Church of God out of Anderson, Indiana. Um, and uh, we have other churches in town. So uh, we have church kind of, we call them sister churches or church partners like McDowell Mountain Church and North Hills Church in Arcadia City, Mountain Park down in Ahwatukee. We do stuff with them, like the journals, the sermons. Um, they kind of run a lot of like our back-end stuff from like an operations standpoint. Um, our kids are going, our, our youth are going off to winter camp next month with all these churches. We do like summer camp activities, mission trip type stuff with them. And, and there's this great kind of network that we're a part of here in the city. We call it like our tribe. This is like our tribe of churches. And some are old, some are new, some are large, some are small. Um, but, but we're a part of something more. On top of that, we're a part of uh, a, a network of churches here in Phoenix called the Surge Network. And this is uh, a very organic relationship of churches where it's really kind of for pastors that we get together, have breakfast once a month, talk about like what God's doing in our, in our city um, and how we can help each other um, better just see God's kingdom come forth. And so like that's, that's been fun to be a part of this, this network of churches, this interdenominational um, we have, we have uh, all sorts of people at the table, 
And so we would uh, kind of run alongside different churches, like you might have heard of like the Redemption Churches and New City and uh, Desert Springs and Shiloh and Heritage. These are churches that are at the table that we, we are just in conversations talking about how do we better love our city. And, and, and some of the things that are essential to that group is they love Jesus and they love the valley. And it, it, so we feel like there's one church here in Phoenix, there's local expressions of it, and we're all working towards the same thing. Something that is uh, a language that we use when we talk about, like, we're a part of something more, is that we would say that every, every city needs four types of churches. I'm going, like, nerd pastor on you now, so hang with me. Um, there's four types of churches that every city needs. And the first kind of a church is, is kind of what we would call, like, the mega or cathedral church. These kind of churches have, like, 5,000 people or more. They're huge. And uh, they, they have all sorts of ability to do huge impact, influence stuff on the city, on the world. Um, and uh, there, there's an energy there that is just uh, amazing, these really large churches. Um, the second kind of church that we need is called, it's like a regional church. This is a church that is like uh, 1,500 to 5,000 people. And regional churches are large. Um, people kind of drive in um, from all over the place to see them or to be a part of them. Uh, they have great influence in the city, but they're a little bit smaller, so you can kind of like really get to know people. Um, but they have, they have a lot of influence. Um, the third kind of church is what I would call like a community church or a neighborhood church. And neighborhood churches are somewhere between like 50 to 1,500 people in size. Usually people live within like a 15-minute kind of radius of a neighborhood church. Um, for me, like this like resonates with me. I, I love kind of like the community church. I love getting to know you, knowing your faces, knowing your names, kind of following your journey, being a part of your story. Um, so there's neighborhood churches. And then there's like kind of your small churches that would be like 50 or under, your church plants, your auxiliary ministries, your uh, you know, young life, and uh, different types of ministries within the city that, that form some sort of expression of the body of Christ, the followers of Jesus that are ministering to the city. So we need all four of these expressions in a city if we're trying to reach a city for Jesus, if we're trying to accomplish this old calling that Jesus has for us. And here's the key. We need all of these kinds of churches, all four. There's not one better. There's not one worse. They resonate differently with different people in different times of their journey. Um, but those four churches need to work together to reach a city for Jesus, to be the body of Christ, and we, we communicate this uh, that that all of our churches aren't in competition; they're they're working together as this global historic church to say, how do we love this city well? So the four kinds of churches are important. That being said, uh, this is where uh, I, something happened a couple of weeks ago, weeks ago, a couple of months ago, um, that is a really exciting for Desert City. And we, we kind of had this idea of, like, you know, we, have, we need all these kinds of churches. And, um, and then, like, you start, like, rubbing shoulders with another church. And, you know, pastors are, like, I'm, like, an athlete and competitive and, you know, all that. Um, this, going this summer, uh, Desert City, we kind of got to this place where we realized, like, we are established. We're not going anywhere. Um, we have stability now. And we don't just feel like a church plant anymore. Um, we're looking for a building. Our next step is we need to get to a building. We're not sure where that's at. We're realizing why there's no churches in Desert Ridge. It's hard to find anything up here. Um, but we don't want to go, we don't want to leave here. We don't want to go far, even though we know that might take us longer being in a school. Um, and, 
but let's start the process. So we opened up this building fund. And we said, even though we don't know exactly what the target is, we know we probably want to raise um, money for like a down payment so that we'll be positioned to be aggressive if something opens up, that we can go after it. So we opened up this account. We didn't really do like a campaign as much as just say, people want to start giving to this, great. Um, and people have. I think over, I, we'll have a report that comes out. I think we brought in maybe like 25,000 in the first two months, three months of it, or that we've set aside for the building. Um, but about a month after we opened that, I had a, received a, a call. Actually, I received a text message. <laughs> and the text message said, hi, Jared. This is one of the lead pastors of CCV, Christ Church of the Valley. I want to talk to you about the future of Desert City. Now, that's it. Didn't say anything else. <laughs> and I got it, and I'm like, what is what? Like, what, what does this mean? Like, this is like, and, and I'm a recovering cynic. We joke, like, I just assume the worst, to go to the worst case scenario, and I'm, I'm thinking CCV, like, I have a lot of friends there, Tim has a lot of friends on staff there, and in my mind, I'm like, they're the largest church in the state, one of the largest churches in the country, and we're in their way. They're coming after us, like, so in my mind, I'm like, oh, what, like, we just opened this, like, I'm like, I don't know what they're going to do, but like, come on, give us, like, one more year. We just, like, we're almost there, we're almost established, and, uh. So the cynical side of me is like, here we go. So I call, we played phone tag for like a week. The whole time, my anxiety is like <laughs> through the roof. Um, and uh, finally, I, I connect with, with one of the lead pastors. And, uh, and in my mind, I'm like, okay, we're in the way. Here comes this conversation. And I'm a big kingdom guy. We got four, four kinds of churches. We need them all. <laughs> um, and he said, he answers the phone. He says, hey, Jared, I, this is going to be a weird conversation. That's how he opens, he opens the conversation like that. And I'm like, okay, like, <laughs> what does that mean? And he said, this is going to be a weird conversation. He says, you know, like, our vision as a church, as Gret Church of the Valley, is we're trying to reach every single person in the valley for Jesus. I'm like, yeah, awesome, so good. <laughs> and uh, he goes, we, we do that. We have 10 campuses. We have 33,000 people that come each week. And I'm like, so good, man. So, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and then he said, but we, we've realized that even with all of our campuses and all the people that come, we're, we're reaching less than 1% of the valley. And he said, this year, what we're going to do, instead of just uh, pouring into new campuses, we've realized that we need more than us to reach the city. And uh, we're going to raise a bunch of money for our Christmas uh, offering, and we've identified churches that we want to help. And these are churches that we think are, uh, have potential are, are healthy, are growing, are going somewhere, and you guys came up. And I was quiet for like probably 20 seconds. He's like, are you there? I'm like, what, wait, what just, what did you say? I'm like, you, okay, you, you guys are just, you just want to give a gift to a church? And he says, yes, like we, we just feel compelled like to accomplish our goal, we need all the churches. And in my mind, I'm like, yes, we need four kinds of churches. Like, like the churches don't actually do that. Like, we say that, but like, because money's not involved, we don't have to actually like do that, you know. And uh, and he said, well, like, we'd love to have an interview with you and just hear what your needs are as a church. And so, had this you know 30 minute interview with him. Kind of talked about, hey, we you know we started, um, we're five years in. And uh, we realize why there's no other churches, established churches in this community. It's hard to get land here. And we just opened up a building fund. And uh, we started raising money. Um, and, and we're excited for what the future is. We're in it for the long haul. Um, but, but we need help. And he said, we would just love, we'd just love to help you uh, with, with your down payment and, uh, and 
you know, get you closer to what you need. And uh, so I was like, what, well, what does that mean? And he's like, well, well, we'll figure that out, but let's have a conversation about it. But it's going to be a significant amount, and, uh, which was super exciting for us. And to know like, where, where we're heading, for me, like a month after you know, opening this up and thinking, gosh, I don't know how we're ever going to do this, like God does. Um, for me, it's just like this confirmation that we're on the right track, that we're heading the right way, that we're doing the right thing. And uh, it's weird, like, as a pastor, sorry. <laughs> He's like, all the pastors cried when CCV called him. So um, don't think you're, like, to, as a pastor, it's weird because, like, I, I'm, I'm a pastor that, that talks about faith. And then you have something like this that just strengthens your faith to say we're heading in the right direction. We're on the right path. And there's a church that has seen what we're doing and says, we want to affirm what you're doing and get behind it and help. And I was like, the other question I was like, well, what's in it for you? Like, are we become, and he goes, nothing. I'm like, there's got to be a catch, right? And like, there's no such thing as a free meal. There's no such thing as a, and he goes, no, we just, we like what you guys are doing. We just want to bless you. Um, and so we're really excited about that. As we, we head to the future, we feel like this is going to, to help just fund um, the, the, the building fund as we move to the next steps, as we try to raise enough for down payment. Um, we're going to have some more information coming out on the report of how last year went and where we're at right now and um, a couple of the targets that, that we're looking at. Um, it, it's not easy, but we believe that, that God's going to do something. We believe this is confirmation of that. Um, I, I asked if I could talk specifics. He said, don't talk specifics yet of the amount. Um, and so I, I can't say that, but I, I do know that it's going to be a significant amount, which is going to be super helpful. And uh, hopefully I won't have to get up and say it's a year-long subscription to the Jelly of the Month Club. Like, <laughs> uh, but we're, we're super excited about this. And uh, we're, we're, we're excited that there, we're, we're a part of something more. There's, there's, it's more than us. Um, it's more than just Desert City. And all of this is because we love Jesus. We love this city. We want people to know that life is found with Jesus. And there's more people who aren't hearing this message than who are coming to all of our churches in this city. What we do here matters. This message that we carry matters. This is where true life and true hope is found in Jesus. This old calling, this new expression, this thing that is so much more um, that, that we're a part of. One of the things I, I got to go on and, and listen to um, so the sermon that, that Ashley Woolridge, the lead pastor of this church, gave about this more than us. And one of the things that he was, he was just sharing is, is they're trying to reach more, more people in the Valley for Jesus. His life verse was this in Ephesians 3. Let me just read it. It says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. So stop right there. Go back. Sorry. To him who is able to do immeasurably more then we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. When we kind of started this process, I knew like this was a big verse for us. Like we, what, what's ahead of us as a church uh, to, to, to get something that we can call home? The time, the resources, all of that. Um, it, it's, it seems like we need God to move. And I had no idea that something like this would come out of, out of really like, you know, left, like where did this come from? All of a sudden they get this call measurably more than I the thought, uh, to, to have a church like that to, to say we're behind you and we're excited for what you're doing. Um, one of the things Ashley said is, 
how often we, we just limit God with small thinking. We just, we think, we, we think God, you know, uh, it's almost like we're, we're afraid to say, God, we want to dream big for you so that, that you can get the glory. And it says, uh, he said, when we think small, we miss out on God doing something immeasurably big. And I think that what God wants to do here through us individually, through our families, through our community, through this church, is something that is immeasurably big. Um, and that doesn't necessarily mean size. That just means something significant, a significant work through Desert City Church here in North Phoenix. And I want to dream big. I want to go for it. I want us to, to, to do something that, that so many other churches just haven't been able to do um, in this community, to, to keep moving towards that. And, and I think that God, God honors that when we think, God, let's go for it. We're with you. And going back to that verse, uh, it says, to him be the glory. When, when, when God, God uses us to do things that are big, that are significant, that seem miraculous, um, it's not for, for us and our glory and our credibility. It's because he gets the glory. And people see that God is with us and God is doing something um, that can only be done if he is with us. And when we, we're a part of these stories like Desert City Church, planting churches that are this old story, new expression. Um, God gets glory in that. And uh, it, creates, it creates, I think, a, a faithful witness in a community um, that the God that is with us is, is greater than he that is in the world. Um, we, have, we have the infinite sovereign God um, who is moving through this, and we get to be a part of it. And it says, uh, throughout all generations, forever and ever, in the church, this old thing that we're a part of, this new expression of this church, this thing that is global and historic, um, we're all a part of it. A couple of questions uh, today. Do you believe for 2020 that God, God can do more through you than you can ask or imagine? Let's dream big this year for our lives. Let's say, God, use us in this place. Uh, use, use us, our gifts, our talents here. Um, can, you, uh, can God take your life and make immeasurably more than you can imagine? When you come to God and you say, I just want to offer my life to you, use it this year for 2020. Let's do big things together as a church. Let's do immeasurably more than what we could ask or imagine just by saying, God, here's, here's us, here's all of us. Take it and use it. Um, with us getting a gift, we're going to be getting a form tomorrow uh, that is going to allow us to start making a request um, of, what we, of what we want. And we're, we're going to dream big and say, we want a lot. We'll see you know, what they say. Um, and then we're meeting with them later this month, I think January 20th or 21st, where our leadership's going to go and meet uh, with their leadership to talk about this gift. So we're excited. Um, we feel like we're on the right track. A couple things. With, with them kind of saying, we're, we believe in you, we're behind you. Um, we, we're affirming what you're doing. Um, they're, they're able to do this because uh, CCU was started back in 1982. It was the same year I was born, so I'm always like, I'm growing, you know, at the same rate CCV is growing, just they're <laughs> growing a lot faster. Um, a couple of things. Uh, they're able to do this because since 1982, they've had people who've just been incredibly faithful to that community. And uh, growing up in Phoenix, I remember when, when they were just getting started. We moved here in 1987, and they were right down the church from the, the church that I was meeting at. And uh, they were not the size they are today. Um, but there were people who were faithful in, in over the next 32 years um, from 1987, they grew to where they are today because of people's faithfulness. Because they've been faithful um, and they're entrusting us with a gift, let us be faithful people to this gift. Let us, let us be good stewards. Let us, let us take this gift and multiply it. Let us take this gift and do something with it. Because they have been faithful, 
let us been faithful. The second thing is they've been fruitful. They do an incredible thing for the city throughout the world. Um, and a lot of great churches in Phoenix do that too. Um, but because they've been fruitful, let us be fruitful at Desert City. Let's keep charging ahead. Let's keep the gates of hell cannot prevail against God's church. Let's produce fruit with what we're doing this year. As we share this gospel with this community, as we invite more people into the story, let us produce fruit. The third thing is they've gotten to the place where they're at because of just radical generosity. The people, it, it, like you, you wonder how something like that gets built. Um, it doesn't just get built by one or two people. It gets built by just tons of people who are faithful, fruitful, and just give sacrificially. And, and because they're giving sacrificially to us, my hope is that 32 years from now, when we're 37, um, Desert City is a church that is producing fruit where we could do gifts like this um, to other people. And, and, and obviously before that, like not just in 32 years, but they would be a fruitful, faithful community um, because of the radical generosity of, of the people here um, that we're, we're building this thing together. And uh, I think that God always honors um, our, our faithful giving, our generous giving, our sacrificial giving. Um, and God gets the glory for that, and his kingdom advances. And God uh, advances in a way where he doesn't, he doesn't just need our money, he doesn't need our talents. But when we respond uh, by giving of ourselves to him, um, I think something significant happens. I think that he, that he just opens up, uh, the, opens up the heavens to say, uh, you are a people that, are, that my, my message is coming through, my glory is coming through, here's more. Uh, take it and run. Um, because CCV has been radically generous, and I, I've followed their story my whole life, um, let us be a radically generous community um, with our time, with our treasure, um, with, with, with who we are relationally. Um, because we're receiving something significant from them. They believe in us. Let's do something with it. Um, Tim's going to come back up and close us in prayer. Um, but this was the announcement. Um, yeah, we're... <laughs> Uh, once we kind of get that number nailed down, um, we'll have some more information with it. One of the things uh, for us is we know, as we've been trying to, to position ourselves um, to get a building, kind of what our down payment number was, um, we, we felt like we needed to raise between 300, 350, 500. Um, since we don't have an actual target yet, that number is, we just know it needs to be somewhere in that range. Um, and we're getting closer to it, a gift like this coming in, um, what we've been able to give in. Um, so we'll have, we'll have a report soon on that, um, but we're excited. We believe that, that God has great plans for us. Um, I, as a, a pastor um, doing setup and teardown, um, don't want to do this forever, but I love what we're doing. I, I love uh, this community, how we come into this place that is a cafeteria and sometimes smells like spoiled milk, um, because I love all of you, and I think that what we're doing here um, is significant, and I want to keep doing it. So... Uh, Good, good days ahead. I think 2020 is going to be a great year. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for this day, uh, for this year. Lord, we're so grateful for um, your love for us, that you are a generous God, that you pour out life through your death, that you meet us in our story that you invite us to life eternal. We're grateful for your bride, church, to 
be a part of a community that is on mission, that has purpose, that is called, that you use us in the midst of our limitations, in the midst of our weaknesses. Lord, we're grateful for um, just the generosity of this community that allows this place um, to function, the ministry that's taking place here, the growth that we've seen, the future that we're heading to. Lord, we're grateful for our sister churches, our partner churches in this city, that we're a part of something that's so much bigger midst of a culture that sometimes feels out of control, that feels like things are falling apart, that feels destructive. There's hope. There's light. There's life. We're a part of that, Lord. We ask your blessing on us as we move into this new year, as we join these other churches in this old calling. We ask your blessing on our families. That 2020, Lord, would be a leap year for us. That we'd experience breakthrough in all sorts of new ways. That we'd see your kingdom come more and more. Lord, we come to you now, we come to your table. We remember and we celebrate this communion. It's in your son's name we pray.